PSE Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and it's never been truer this week because we're oh talking about the gosh. Joker. Uh, <laughs> oh my word, yeah, for real. Has there ever been a movie that is better for a podcasting episode yeah, than this one? No, what is, a. Yeah. Um, just so so many things on mm-hmm. so many levels. Mm-hmm. Just it's a lot. I uh, know. I, d- I don't it? even know where to begin. My my word. Buckle up. Yeah, we're gonna start with our uh, trailer review, so we can uh, keep everyone on bated breath just a little bit longer. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> keeping on the the superhero comic book movie theme. We're talking about the new trailer for Birds of Prey. Yes. The and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That's a mouthful. Oh yes, the full the full title, yeah. the full title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh Harley Quinn obviously from Suicide Squad mm-hmm. played by Margot Robbie. Um that is where we most recently saw a version of the Joker played by Jared Leto <laughs> in a yeah. very strange performance that I don't think anybody really liked. No. Nope. They smartly canned him for this and just kept her as sort of like a side thing. She has like a gang of girl oh, yeah. uh, vigilantes. They're going mm-hmm. after people. Based on the trailer, I really have no idea what the plot is like. Who, who is she going after? Who's the bad guy? Ewan McGregor's in it. I'm assuming he's a crime he's boss. Guy. He's like a Gotham City crime boss with some. I think he's like the Night Rain or something. <laughs> so this is kind of like the kitchen, except um, for with Harley Quinn. Uh, no, I don't know. But Had kitchen vibes what is exciting. Is no one was really sure about this movie. Um, but then it was announced that it was going to be written by um, written by Christina Hodson, who did the surprisingly well-received Bumblebee, which I don't know if you saw, but was actually strangely cute. No. And critics agree with me on that. Okay, so that's okay. not just Whatever. a Shelby take. Yeah, but anyway, gonna, so it's going to be <laughs> it was going to be written by Christina now. Hodson and directed by Kathy Yan. So it has these female the female gaze, if you will. And so mm-hmm. people were excited to see this trailer. You know, comparing it to Suicide Squad, which was all about the slow pan of Margot Robbie's body, and she was wearing these ridiculous like hot pants and like cleavage shirts, and it just was it was just ridiculous. Like everyone gave them a hard time for that whole outfit choice. And Margot Robbie had to go around being like, oh, yeah, it was totally my idea. (laughs) And now we get to see her in a well-rounded, interesting, visually, like, exciting, splashy, colorful, just fun-looking time. And everyone's excited about it. I don't know. Were you you interested in this trailer? Were you enthused by any pieces of it? Well, first off, I just want to say that, you know, you can complain all you want about the Harley Quinn outfit choice, but it was <laughs> the Halloween costume of that yeah. year and the following year. So yeah. people were apparently into it enough <laughs> to want to wear it all over the place. For sure. Um, You know, this is one of those trailers for me where the visuals look exciting. I like Margot Robbie. I don't really understand what the plot of this movie is mm-hmm, going to be very mm-hmm. much. And also, I didn't. Like Suicide Squad was so bad, oh, and it, it so bad. and I wasn't one of those people who was like, yes, but Harley Quinn was great in it. I was sort of like, yeah, <laughs> okay, whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I'll go see this. I'm sure that you'll force me to because we'll it comes see. out early next year, and there's going to be nothing else <laughs> that's on at that point. But 
I'm not necessarily like dying to watch yeah. it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I I have low expectations, mostly because Suicide Squad was the worst film experience up to a certain point in my life, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, but I am excited to see that there are so many. Like, I just, you know, I love a good female empowerment story. And honestly, it is good that they are getting so many chances. So good or bad, I'm just glad it's uh, it's having its its moment. Well, and I think that this, this is a good segue to talk about another female empowerment story, Joker. <laughs> starring totally. Joker's mom and yeah. uh, the girl from Fantasy Atlanta. girlfriend, yeah. And um, the, the, Batman's mom who was murdered yeah. in an alley. So mm-hmm. you're right. There are three. Does it pass does the Bechdel test? The, no. I was gonna say I don't think not. so. <laughs> Cause uh, there's also the like social worker who's a woman in oh, there. Yeah, yeah. No, ne- they never meet each other. No two women nope. cross the same path. So does the Bechdel test account for if the main character gives his naked mother a bath, despite <laughs> the fact that she seems physically able to give her bath to herself? That never comes up in the Bechdel test, but um, yeah. maybe there's a, n- a newer version coming out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joker, never has there been a more devices film in the recent memory. Um, and we know you were not looking forward to it. You thought it looked super dumb. I thought it looked good. And then as it came up, I was more and more like, this is not going to be great. So what did you think? Drum roll. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that this was going to be bad. I thought, why do we need another Joker movie? He's been done too many times already. Let's try something else. Let's pick a new avenue. Never in my wildest oh, no. dreams would I have oh, thought no. that this movie would be this, like, unwatchable. <laughs> yeah! I- I have never wanted to leave a movie theater so much as in this movie. It was so uncomfortable, so just like dark and depressing and grisly and (laughs) traumatizing. But like you like John Wick, Matt. Like what's the difference? There was just like (laughs) no sense of fun at all in this. And we'll get into like sort of some of the other elements of the movie that I oh, yeah. felt like made it especially depressing and hard to watch. But I just don't understand how anyone could sit through this movie and like actively enjoy it. I can mm. see someone watching it and saying like it was well done or it wanted you to feel this uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in some ways, you know, that is succeeding in a certain way, but just, this was taxing. Like I never want to see this movie again. I would see almost anything before I had to watch this another time. Like it was just so exhausting having to sit there the two hours. I have never felt like this in a movie theater before. Oh my gosh. This is, I was a little nervous. I was like, this could go either way for Matt, honestly. Like, and so I went in, I went in kind of like, okay, like, let's see how this goes. I didn't want to be swayed by like, well, this will inspire our shooters. Like, but, oh my gosh, like you said, like I had a visceral reaction against this film. I've never been more angry to be in a movie theater. Like I hated every second of it. And it got to the point where I was like not able to hide it at all. And like every choice, every moment, I just would end up getting louder and louder with my like, (sighs) 
like my scoffs and my eye rolls and I would just like have to physically move in my seat because I was just so tense and angry about being there. And my husband like left and he's like, yeah, I could tell like everyone around you could tell like how (laughs) mad you were at this movie. But yeah, I, I have never experienced anything like that. And I just, I think the worst part though, was that everyone around me seemed to think it was the greatest movie ever made. I just don't understand the this take. I mean, yeah. we we can get into it, but I I I understand like people saying this is well done or whatever that mm-hmm. take. I don't understand people being like, yes, I enjoyed this movie. Like this was a great fun movie to watch. <laughs> like I want to see it again. It got me pumped up. Like it was so dark and bleak and depressing, and not even in like a melancholy way just in like a like this is the pits of hell kind of way (laughs) and i don't understand anyone who is like has any kind of excitement for this movie aside from like i i don't know like the scene the street scapes were good (laughs) because they look like well was your was your theater pretty crowded Yes, it was like packed. I this know, movie mine did too. So, so well disturbing. in the box office. But were they so like, well. were they like, because during mine, it was like alarming to see people like laugh out loud. They were like cheering during some of the scenes and like fist pumping during some of the scenes. And I felt like very uncomfortable. I was like, why is this being. Because, yeah, if people were, like, going to sit there and, like, wallow in this in this trauma and, like, be like, oh, my gosh, what a reflection of society and, like, blah, blah, blah. Totally different. But it was, like, they were, like, stoked to be there, to be witnessing these, like, cru- cruel moments, these gruesome moments. And it was just, like, I, I don't think the director's intentions, like, made it out. I don't know. It was just very weird. Yeah, my audience was fairly like stoic. That there weren't wasn't like cheering and stuff. They mm. did clap at the end, which I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Like, okay, God, I, I, I I was like, get <laughs> me out of this theater. But and I am just like due to scheduling conflict, I didn't see it in AMC. I went and saw it at a Regal that's near my apartment. So I like paid money to see oh this movie. Oh my god! And I, I mean, they're getting the same amount of money either way. But I was like, <laughs> that of is all the movies wild. to spend sixteen dollars on. I guess let's maybe talk about kind of the lead up to this yeah. because I feel like this movie <laughs> it had a long runway to coming out this weekend with a lot mm-hmm. of ups and downs. Yeah. So originally, you know, this is directed by Todd Phillips, who directed The Hangover and <laughs> Old School and Due Date. Bradley Cooper is weirdly a producer on this. And, you know, it's it's a DC movie. It's Joker. He was obviously in Dark Knight. He's been in some of the other Batman movies. When they announced this initially, I think there was some questions as to whether this was tying in Mm -hmm. to some kind of franchise in some way or whether this was a standalone. It was also apparently Jared Leto who played Joker in Suicide Squad was very upset about this because he (laughs) wasn't told that they were making another Joker movie that he was not in. So, and I, I don't know, my immediate thought, and I think the immediate thought of a lot of people on the internet was why do we need another Joker movie? Like, not only We've that, seen but like, so many why, people play the Joker. Yeah, and like, why do we need an origin story for the Joker? Like, part of the reason the Dark Knight was so successful and Heath Ledger's Joker was so good is because of this like 
you don't really know how to explain him. You can't like put a finger on why he is the way he is. And like, it's just pure insanity, like, you know, and I think this movie came from um, sort of a canonized comic, which was the the killing joke, which sort of explores yes. his backstory. And it does have similarities to this, but they make huge leaps, obviously, and kind of really give you the dirty details of the Joker. And so it is sort of weird that like, this was just like a passion project for Todd almost like it wasn't like DC needed it. It wasn't part of their... No their flagship of the DC universe. It was just like, he really wanted to make some dark, I don't know, irreverent, but not comedy movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't, they, so they decided, okay, well, it's not being tied in. It's a completely standalone film. Apparently the studio originally wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to have this role <laughs> because Todd Phillips has kind of like based the aesthetic and some of like the plot choices for this movie on Martin Scorsese's films and Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio are good friends. They've, you know, worked on a bunch of films together and Scorsese, I think at one point was supposed to be a producer on this film and then kind of backed out probably wisely. (laughs) And, but, but as it, as it was, you know, the lead up to it and Joaquin Phoenix was announced to be playing the Joker. I felt Okay, we're getting another shade of the same thing here where Heath Ledger and then Jared Leto and now Joaquin Phoenix are all these kind of like strange, enigmatic, weird-ish people who you know are going to be bringing like that vibe to the Joker. And if we are going to get another Joker movie, I want something like different, like a new Mm -hmm. take, a new twist that isn't just like this weird person. Like, give me something like give me a Joker who's like really suave or someone who's like really cunning or I don't know, just a different angle to it. Not just like another crazy person. And so that's why from, you know, the beginning of the year when we did those, um, you know, like our mm-hmm. predictions for the movie. I was like, I am not excited for this. It's going to be more of the same stuff we've already seen. Like, whatever. Don't care. Not into this at all. <laughs> Is that yeah. how you felt kind of like pre all of it? Or were you more excited? I was more excited. I really was. I was like, oh, I loved Heath Ledger. And I just was like, I didn't think about it. Like, I didn't think about, wait, what are we going to see when we see this white man who gets pushed so far that he becomes a murderous clown? Like, it just, the optics aren't great in today's world. And Todd Phillips wants to pretend that it doesn't exist in today's world. And he's like, oh, it's not political. But then he makes a movie that highlights a lot of similarities to this world. And he asks us to, like, question our society at large. Like, whatever. So it was like weird to kind of start at a place where I was like, this looks like good. Like I remember seeing the teaser where he's dancing down the steps and I was like, this looks like fun and interesting and different. And like Joaquin's been on a roll lately. So like I was game for it until like the full trailer was released. And I just was sort of more and more hesitant about like, I don't know. It just started to feel a little dirty to me, a little grimy. But then it like came out. Its first premiere was at the Venice International Film Festival and it won the Golden Lion, which is the highest prize there. And so immediately everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is going to change cinema forever. This is going to change comic movies forever. This might be the first comic book movie to win like serious Oscars. And, and then as soon as that happened, all the negative press came as well. Right. 
when they announced that this was going to these film festivals, people were like, why? Because superhero <laughs> movies don't usually go to film festivals. That That's where, you know, these like smaller or more Oscar baby type movies go. But it went there. And I think people thought, oh, when they initially watched it, critics like this is good. If you're comparing this like Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp or whatever, like there's a lot more here and gave it generally positive reviews. And then it won the Golden Lion beating out a bunch of other, you know, like Oscar type movies. And I think that's the point when the critics were like, oh, hell no. Like <laughs> we are not like this might be better than other superhero movies but we are not letting this win actual awards and so then i think the critics who hadn't seen it yet were kind of coming into it with this like full court press idea of like we need to take this down (laughs) because we can't let this win aside from all of the political issues of the movie which we'll get into but I just like watched as the Rotten Tomatoes score like (laughs) slowly dropped as the more and more critics in the US saw it. And it was like it went from, you know, like in in the 80s, like oop down to 70s, oop down to 60s. So it's like it's weird because it went it was dicey with the critics. And then you have all these people who are obsessed with Batman and comic books who are excited to go see this movie, but it's not really a superhero movie, even though it's tied into that universe. It's like a completely different thing. And then to look on Rotten Tomatoes now and see that it has like a 90% from the audience and also did really well in the box office. It's just like all of these pieces. I don't know how to reconcile them in my (laughs) mind because this feels like, If it was a movie for anybody, it's a movie for the critics. It's not a movie for the populace. And yet, for some reason, the populace Mm. are obsessed with this (laughs) sort of depressing slog (laughs) of a movie. (laughs) Might be a little bit more revealing of our society than we care to admit. But yeah, I mean, that's like it's been controversial since the get go. People have been split on like, oh, it's just a movie versus, oh, my gosh, this is a love letter to incels everywhere. And like. It, it became like a point where Joaquin Phoenix was walking out of interviews because he was being asked about like, do you think this will inspire copycats? Do you think this will inspire mass shooters? And like, is that a fair question for an actor who's doing a role? Probably not. But it's also like you guys made this movie like you have to sit in your bed and like take it. And instead, they decided to like not have press at the US um, premiere date. And they decided to kind of avoid talking about these issues. And the Warner Brothers had to come out with a statement that was basically like, it's just a movie, y'all. Like, calm down. It's sort of become like this um, kind of like Emperor's New Clothes type of situation where it feels like some people are just like, oh, I have to be on the hype train because... I I don't believe in censorship and like, wow, what controversy we're talking about. We're talking about it. But it's like, I don't think this movie is going to stand the test of time that like the Dark Knight has or or Oscar winners have. Like, I think it's a flash in the pan sort of moment that everyone's hyped on and like for better, for good or bad, like better or worse, like everyone has an opinion about. But you're not really like thinking about it critically. I think you're kind of reacting to it emotionally. Well, and everyone had to go see it yeah. <laughs> because it there was so much press around it. And people, I mean, before it even got into theaters in the U.S., you had like the Aurora Theater where the shooting mm-hmm. happened um, during Dark Knight Rises. They canceled their showings of this. There were all kinds of things about how you couldn't wear, dress up. Right. You couldn't wear a mask because they were worried that someone was going to do some kind of mass shooting based yeah. on the content of the movie. <laughs> but before the movie 
movie was even out for people (laughs) to see other than people who were at these film festivals. So there was just so much pent up like anxiety. You had all these (laughs) critics on Twitter who are arguing with each other that I feel like everybody had to go. That's why the box office was so high because whether you're a superhero fan or an artsy film fan, you felt like you had to go see this and you had to have an opinion to weigh in on it. Yeah, I know. And here we are. I was going to say, we've talked 20 minutes and we haven't even gotten to the actual movie yet, which I think makes a lot of sense given that there was so much stuff happening before the movie even came out. It was wild. It was. And what's interesting is my husband, he, we went to the movie together and he actually liked the film a lot. And I was sort of like flabbergasted and hurt by this news. (laughs) And I was like, who are you? I don't recognize you. Are we even married like what's the point of this but no i mean i think it's like hard to be like okay fine i'll give an objective look at this but it's like art is it's just hard like it's like this movie just annoyed and triggered and frustrated me in ways that i can barely put into words and it's truly mesmerizing to read all these different takes on it and i do not think that makes it a good movie like some people are claiming i don't think the lack of clarity on whether or not people can agree means it's like oh wow so controversial so good i think it shows that there are gaps in this story and the framework that make it a mediocre film hidden by like by like hyped up dressings of controversy and like and the balls to do crazy things and like, wow, it's so different than any comic book movie we've seen. But in reality, it is just a sad movie that follows a cliche story of a poor white boy who's been hurt and kicked down and trodden upon to the point of breaking. And then we watch him snap slowly but surely until it like ends with this sort of heroic resurrection of him to give in to his evilest, darkest side and feel finally seen by people just as evil and dark as him. And it's just like, well, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah. Let, okay. So let's, let's go through the plot really quick. So the Joker is real name is Arthur Fleck played by Joaquin Phoenix. He is like a clown for hire sort of, I guess mm-hmm. like at this agency where there's all these kind of like sad circusy clowny people. Yeah. And he can kind of like get rented out to, be at a hospital or to like work at the used car sales lot like spinning an arrow or whatever but he is constantly sort of like bullied by the other people there in the opening scene of the movie i think he is outside of a shop and like these kids steal a sign and then beat him up so he's like very downtrodden from the get-go and you also realize right away that he has a lot of like mental illness issues Mm -hmm. a lot of things like going on he's seeing a social worker at one point he's talking about his medication the funds for the public health get cut and so at like the halfway point of the movie he loses his medication so you can just kind of see his like descent into madness even more as you go but he's constantly being bullied. He gets a gun somehow. The gun accidentally falls out of his clown costume at a hospital. So he gets fired from his job. And then he just kind of like starts taking out his aggressions on the people around him. He's on a subway and these three men start to kind of bully him. He kills all three of them. His mom has always kind of like uh, has lied to him throughout his life and told him that, Oh, he's 
her son actually he's adopted and he was abused and she let him be abused so he kills his mom there's a like some of he murders one of his co-workers and it comes to this grand climax where this tv show this late night show that he's always loved that stars or that has like robert de niro basically as like the jay leno or johnny carson has shown a clip of joker doing bad stand-up and everybody thinks it's hysterical so they invite him onto the show kind of like to talk about the fact that he was in this clip doing bad stand-up and the joker uses this as a platform not only to confess his killings but also to say his manifesto and kill robert de niro on the air he's arrested but then he gets out because there's like this mob (laughs) and the whole city is like anti-aristocracy because that is an also a stream that's going through well, the whole thing not, yeah it's not clear what they're anti but they're out there and they are loud and proud my take on the movie is that really it's a very sad depressing depiction of like mental illness and of watching somebody who is not like in an infrastructure that is supportive of that in any way just kind of go like go crazy and start killing people. (laughs) But, but for me, the whole movie then had this feeling. And I was talking with my brother about this of like, I think you'll recognize this too, Shelby. Of Like when you're in New York and you're riding on the subway, like there's all kinds of people who are in there. And, and for the most part, they're harmless. But every now and again, you get on a subway car and there's somebody who clearly has like some mental illness issues and is very antagonistic to other people on the car. And from the moment the doors close, you can tell that everybody is like very intense of like, what is this person going to do? And most of the time they don't do anything. They just kind of, you know, like rile about and yell. But but, you know, you do hear stories about people do doing violent things and so i felt like while i was watching this movie the whole time it was like i was trapped in that subway car like what is going to happen like i'm watching somebody who is clearly not well who clearly like needs a lot of help emotionally and mentally and isn't getting it and like what are they gonna do and it was and it wasn't a fun interesting like ooh, this is a bad guy he's out for revenge kind of thing it was much more of just like this slow slog of well you can't really cheer for him because he's doing these terrible things you sort of feel bad for him but at the same time you can't because he's doing these terrible things but you also really can't put all of your blame on him because it's sort of outside of his control in some ways it just wasn't there was not a fun moment in the movie it was all just so bleak and tragic and i and i and i don't understand people who are like oh this was like a this was an enjoyable thing to watch and sit through right well that's like a huge problem with the film is just this like i mean the mental illness as it's portrayed in this movie is just so upsetting to anyone who's been trying to fight that stigma it's like yes mentally ill people are not going to go out and go on on like rampages like there's just like they're way more likely to hurt themselves than they are to hurt others and also the way that they lazily script this where it's like oh you're on seven medications well for what like you're not gonna you're not giving it a name you're just stamping mental illness on this person that's going to go and murder people and it just further perpetuates this idea that oh 
don't like befriend that guy on the bus who laughs at your kid. Like he's a danger. Don't talk to that man in your hallway. That's like a little awkward because he's a danger. Like it's just, it's sad to watch that happen on screen again in 2019 and just feel like it's such a lazy contrived way to make a villain. It's just like, it's been done. It's, it's been done often and it's like time is up on it. It's just so annoying. But I think it was like, interesting about this idea of like you watch it and you felt like so uncomfortable and like not at all enjoying the moment like I wish more people were like that because like I said a lot of people in my audience were like laughing and having a good time and they thought the funniest thing in the movie was like when he kills one coworker and lets the other one who's a small person live and then he can't get out the door and it's Uh. sort of like a very uncomfortable moment because people are laughing at it and you can just I have huge qualms with the fact that Todd Phillips directed this. And I think that's why like his whole life philosophy, which he has shared with us in many interviews in before this movie came out, comes through in this movie where he's like, he clearly, he just wanted to make something irreverent, but he couldn't do that in comedy anymore because his bro humor didn't work. So he channeled all his white man fury into writing and directing this movie about a poor white man who can't do what he wants. And so he reacts badly to the situation pushed upon him. And it's like, that is like the most frustrating part of this film is that it connects so much to so many people when you're like, why are you willing to laugh at this and find moments of levity in this film that is a true horror film, like a, a very disturbing character study, not because he's mentally ill, but because it's like you're pretending that that is an excuse for his behavior. On one hand, can appreciate the complexity of the different ideas that are going on here mm-hmm. because it's not giving you a really clear picture of, okay, these are the good people and these are the bad people. It's like everyone is kind of bad in the movie, but it right. also feels like the mental illness stuff negates uh, everything else that he's mm-hmm. trying to say because if the idea of the film that he's trying to get across is like, okay, these aristocratic people like uh, Bruce Wayne... Right. Are are bad and we should rise up and take them out. Then mm-hmm. I think that you need to have a protagonist who is somehow redeemable. Or, but right. if you're saying at the same time, like, oh no, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be a vigilante. Then also you need a character who is actually bad, who you can actually right. blame. And instead, you just have this person who doesn't have responsibility for what they're doing because they've been Mm -hmm. labeled with all of these weird, you know, fake uh, things going on in their head. Another, what I thought was very lazy plot point of the movie and which I recognized right away is why is the Joker's like next door neighbor is played by Zazie Beetz, (laughs) who is um, the girl from Atlanta. If any of you've watched that. And at first, the first scene of them together is like them in an elevator and, you know, he's kind of weird and people are, don't take well to him, but she gets in and they sort of have like a kind of nice sort of uncomfortable interaction And then the next scene you see, he's like stalking her through the city and you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, this is not great and this is not going to end well. 
But then she shows up at his doorstep and says, like, were you watching me earlier today? Like, I thought that was you following me through the city. I thought it was, like, kind of cute. (laughs) And he's like, do you want to come see one of my comedy shows? And she's like, yeah, let's do that sometime. (laughs) And from the moment that happened, I was like, this is not real. This is, like, clearly some kind of delusion. You are not pulling the wool over my eyes. Like, did anybody think that that was actually something (laughs) that she would say? No chance. Yeah. And then that, and then combined with his also weird delusion about the time he was on the Tonight Show stand-in and like called uh-huh. out from the audience and like everyone was cheering for him. I was like, okay, that's not real. The part where the guy was like, hey, do you want a gun? I was like, nope, this isn't real. Like there was just so many <laughs> scenes. I feel like you could just go back so easily and pick out like, okay, here's all this like unreliable narrator stuff. But obviously we know it's not true because it's so unbelievable from the jump (laughs) yeah I mean I think that was part of like the problem is like there was a lot of plot armor around Arthur Fleck like it never it never felt like there was a surprising moment because it all was just to get to the final point which we all knew oh he has to become the Joker you know and so everything that happened felt very convenient and kind of forced and it kind of like robbed it of any excitement and instead relied on that like angst of like well we know what's going to happen but how uncomfortable can we make them feel and i think part of the irritation to me is that lazy world building where i mean the one good thing about this movie that i liked was the production design and yes. sort of the cinematography and i think it did a really good job of this weird 80s new york city-esque vibe but this whole idea that the joker's murderous rampage like when he kills the three guys on the subway it it inspires the city's like sort of occupy wall street uh, protest and they all wear clown masks and it and it kind of becomes more intense because the mayoral candidate um mr wayne bruce wayne's dad is like oh yeah these poor people they're all clowns like they need to be educated and get out of these holes they're just monsters but other than that, it is never explained why all these people are protesting. Yeah. It's never shown like why they create this like savior out of the Joker. And I can understand maybe it's like, oh, the classism, like they're like kill the rich, like they're not doing anything for us. Like good for you, Joker. But the whole ending with him going on the Murray show and confronting this beloved um, late night host and eventually murdering him in cold blood, just like point blank on live television. There is literally no society I can think of that would still be like, oh yeah, this clown guy is a good dude. Because just like the Joker says, he doesn't believe anything. He's not there for the politics. He doesn't know what they're fighting about. He's out on a personal vendetta, taking out people who have wronged him personally. So it's like, why are they pretending, they being the filmmakers, like pretending that this is like some sort of logical thing that the society as a whole would get behind? I just, I wanted to understand more of what that was because it made zero sense. And if he had killed like Bruce Wayne's dad on camera, you might think, oh, people would get behind it. Like if somebody shot and killed like Donald Trump, like... Not a good thing, obviously, (laughs) but like you could see where there were certain corners of the internet that would be like excited by that. But if someone like killed Jimmy Fallon on TV, no one would be like, ah, yes, like let's start a riot (laughs) to support this. Like, no. Right. Yeah. And it was just stuff like that that felt like 
this is a bad movie. Like this is a bad story and you're trying to disguise it behind like brutal scenes and uncomfortable moments. Yeah. It just felt muddled. And then, you know, so, so people, the thing that people were worried about is like, will people see the Joker and be like, Oh, you know what? The Joker in this movie is beat down and downtrodden and, and, and is able to stand up for himself by murdering these people who are oppressing him. And that's what me, a random person in <laughs> South Carolina, should do to my boss or whatever. And they thought right. that this was going to like rile up violence. And in some ways, mm. I think, yes, it could do that. But in some ways, like the Joker is such an unappealing, weird character that I can't <laughs> see somebody really watching this and know. identifying with him in a way that's like, ah, yes, that is the positive influence that I want to be. <laughs> I mean, he's so gross and weird and his weird <laughs> dancing. He's like bathing his mother. His teeth are nasty. Like, it's just all <laughs> of it was like, ugh. No, well, I don't know. I like, mean, cool. I think like they tried to talk about this, right? Like um, Joaquin Phoenix was asked about it and he was like, oh, yeah, like it's hard to not have sympathy for somebody who experienced that level of trauma. Um, And then he says there's a point, though, where he crosses a line where I am no longer able to stick by his side. But the problem with this movie is it never tells us what that line is like ever. Like when he kills the three um, people on the subway it's sort of justified because they were being really cruel when they when he smothers his mother it's like well she abused him as a child and led to his mental illness and this brain injury when he kills his co-worker it's like well I mean I guess it's the co-worker's fault that he was kind of like fired in the first place and the movie never ever tries to give you like a like a moral code or even just some sort of um someone standing against him being like hey maybe you shouldn't do this joker man like there's nothing there that makes people think oh yeah actually this isn't a good guy and so it's like his whole line of um i used to think my life was a tragedy and now i realize it's a comedy <laughs> i don't think no matter what joaquin phoenix what thinks that like mean like that's not gonna be like oh yeah this is a moral cautionary tale we shouldn't be like the joker like i i can see so many white boys getting that tattooed across their rib cage you know what i mean like i just I I could totally see dudes being like, oh yeah, like look at this guy. He's been he's been tortured. It's good he found his power. Like he he is finally seen now. <laughs> the the thing with like the Heath Ledger Joker is uh-huh. he's unhinged, but there's a certain level of like fun to him, a certain <laughs> level of like sexiness. You know what I mean? Like you can watch yeah. that movie and be like, I am enjoying watching him be kind of this unhinged, wily, crazy person. To me, this movie does not have that quality. There's no <laughs> part of the Joker that is like fun or engaging it's all like very depressing and very tragic and very violent and not in a way where like Heath Ledger's dressing up like the nurse and sort of like you know right. why won't this buzzer work you know that's engaging I mean, but in some towards way the end, like I mean as he gets more and more into his lunacy it seems like that is the idea is like oh he's gonna become someone that's like that and like he's finally free from this tortured pain he's carried his whole life like he's not sad anymore and isn't that a good thing like i mean i don't know because the scene (laughs) with him on the tv show was not was also not fun like that was very cringy 
so so <laughs> much cringy, cringy. In this movie. so I here's mean, a question oh yeah yeah like i guess sort of like steering away from the politics or whatever but all, <laughs> i feel like we could talk about that for 50 years and still be unsatiated do you think that joaquin phoenix is giving a genuinely good performance in this movie like a lot of people have said oh we think that he could be like best actor material mm-hmm. do you see that or do you not i i don't i mean i really loved joaquin phoenix last year and you were never really here which was like this very weird surrealist like um assassin movie basically no one saw it no one celebrated it but it was so good and so coming into this it was just like it just felt like one of those things where we're we're distracted by the fact that he changed his body for a role you know yeah i mean he lost a lot of weight for it clearly but i felt like he wasn't i I have an issue when actors are like, let me just do something really weird and extreme and we'll call it good acting. It's like when Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio was in The Revenant. Like, was it really good acting? Or like, was right. it just that he was willing to get down and crawl around in the dirt and other people didn't want to? Yeah. Because I feel like if I got down and crawled around in the dirt and was like, oh, pretend you're being dragged by a bear, like I would be doing similar things. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's that much of a of a level of ability <laughs> and i also feel like here if you went to anybody and was like okay be the weirdest creepiest strangest version of something that you could possibly be most people could get to something that was like this yeah i feel like if you're a great actor you should be able to do like actual human emotions mm. and or like pretend and or be somebody that you're not in a way that's realistic not in a way that's this caricature right I mean, it's weird because everyone's tripping over themselves to be like, Joaquin Phoenix, like, just does his masterwork here. And like, I remember there's this dumb review that it's just like people get wordy and stupid and they're just like elevating this as high art. And they're like, oh, prepare to be devastated by Joker and and the overwhelming central performance of Joaquin. And it's just like, oh, the vision and artistry of the film itself. Like, it's like, why are we tripping over ourselves to like, to compliment a film that is mediocre except for the fact that it's controversial. Well, like when Gary Oldman won, it's like, okay, he's playing Winston Churchill. He looks and sounds like Winston Churchill. I could not look and sound like Winston (laughs) Churchill if I tried. So like, good on you. Or even last year with, um, Mm. what's his face playing Freddie Mercury. It's like, okay, yes. Was that movie bad? Yes. But at the same time, he was like giving us a performance that was, um, you know, that felt like the actual Freddie Mercury or like when Tom Hanks is in Captain <laughs> Phillips. Like, I don't know what Captain Phillips looks like, but at the end of the movie, when Tom Hanks like gets dragged out of that ship and he's in like the uh-huh. medical bay and he's having a panic uh-huh. attack, it's like that is a scene that actually looks like yeah. a real person having a real panic attack, which I think is hard to act out. Right. It is not somebody weirdly sitting on their couch, sucking in their gut, making weird facial expressions and moving their hands around their head, because <laughs> I think anybody could do that. Well, I mean, that's fair. I think I I think it's like hard to tell sometimes if he's a good actor in this movie, but like compared to other roles he's done, he's clearly like... I think he's been better and like no amount of strange dancing in a bathroom is going to hypnotize me into thinking otherwise. Like I just, I would a hundred times rather watch him in 
um, gladiator than this. Like, I think he has a lot yes. more power. Walk the line. <laughs> yeah. Anything. But I mean, yeah, it's been weird, like watching the criticism shake out over this film because it's just like, I don't actually know what they wanted to say in the end. Like, I think it's been weird hearing Todd Phillips talk about it and want to be like, oh, it's not a political film and getting a laugh because, of course, it's a political film. But then he's like, oh, yeah, it's high art. Like, it's a character study. And it's like, well, what is it studying? Like, every study has to have a conclusion. Like, are you saying something about mental illness? Are you saying something about social issues? Are you saying something about classism or misogyny or, you know, this incel culture? Like, you have to pick a lane and say something if you want your film to be elevated from just beyond, like, a, you know, torture porn or cinematography porn like whatever else you're trying to prove like you have to have an intention behind your art and I don't think he did and I think that's why it comes out a little messy and a little divisive because everyone can go in and find something in it that they either hate or love while distracting themselves from the fact that like as a whole there's a lot of pieces that are missing so if you had to say, should people see this now, <laughs> later, or never? I never want to hear about this That's again. I don't question. want it on my Twitter feed. So please just never go and see it. Yeah, I just felt so uncomfortable this whole time. Like, I I mean, I go see lots of movies. I go see horror movies. I go see dramas, you know, like bad comedies. Like, there's there has not a theater experience that I can remember where I have been just so miserable the entire <laughs> time. And I think... You know, if you want, if you feel like, okay, maybe you want to see this movie at some point, you know, wait till it's on Netflix or something, you can watch it. And if the first five minutes of it aren't like your vibe, then you can turn it (laughs) off. But I feel like don't, unless you're a diehard comic books person, like don't go see this in theater. You don't need to. It's a bad experience. And then you're just going to be stuck watching it the whole time. So, because you don't want to lose $17. (laughs) that's That's a way to experience it. Yeah. Uh, okay, Shelby, winners and losers. Yeah. I'm sure that these are going to be... Uh, <laughs> it just took me a long time. The first few drafts are very um, angry and focused on a lot of serious topics. But I tried to I tried to find the humor in it, you know? Life is a comedy, right? That's the, yes. that's the message yes. of the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we got. I have a tattooed on my rib case. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's cue that music. <clears throat> This week's winner is whichever store decided to stock up on cloud masks. In those pre-internet days, long before (laughs) Amazon's two-day delivery, it must be hard to get people out of the house and into their themed protest gear on such short notice. Fortunately, either everyone in Gotham already owned a clown mask or some costume shop just got lucky. Because one triple triple homicide is all it takes to make your ratty masks that are so last season suddenly cool again. Sit back and sell out, but be sure to lock up before the looting starts. Because whoever provided all those costumes to Gotham's worst, you're the real winner. Yeah, truly. Truly, where do they get those masks <laughs> from? And <sighs> and like you said, there was no... We really did not understand what this riot was, but, <laughs> but the tr- trains were packed with people going there. And let me tell you, I have lived in New York during like the... Um, 
like the women's march, yeah. which I don't think that there has ever been like an event here that has had more people going to it <laughs> on a single day than the women's march. And even still, the subway cars were not full of people going to the women's <laughs> march. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there were a lot of other people right. too. So yeah, but would those people truly. have beaten a couple of detectives to death or? Come close to it. I don't well, know. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> the right kind of guy. The, the right, the, the right person showed up in that car. Yeah. I think that they might have gotten beaten to death, but we don't have to get into that. <clears throat> okay, tonight's loser. Um, to whichever intern or assistant was forced to go troll dodgy comedy clubs for funny bits, I'm sorry. Tonight is not your night. You took the time to tape a bad show, you brought it into your boss on a slow week, and he actually watched it. And you know what? I guess it's fair to say he was feeling lazy that day, because that bad bit you recorded on a whim ends up in the opening monologue. Bet you wish you could take it all back now, because that one recording absolutely no one asked you to make is the reason your boss ended up splattered all over the studio wall. And chances are that as intern slash assistant, you're going to be the one to clean that all up. So sorry, loser, but you didn't even get a waiver for that clip. Very, also a very good point. Like, where did they find? There was nobody <laughs> in not that the comedy club, yeah. and no and YouTube. also, yeah, they don't have cell phones, so like. <laughs> It, they did make a point bit? they did make a point of showing it on the tv at some point to kind of say like oh see it was televised but i'm like who is televising this like who's recording this like why would you like you're hoping to find the next like big deal i don't know dude get a life yes honestly no idea okay lightning round oh yeah i honestly i didn't write questions for this i was so mad about this movie uh, well i've got some okay, i've got okay. some okay uh what actor or actress would you like to have as your imaginary girlfriend slash boyfriend mm-hmm. zach efron oh yeah okay. i like knew you were gonna say that before <laughs> i even before i even asked the question uh, who's yours I think I'll take Emily Blunt, please. Okay. Okay. Which um, superhero do you wish you had a tangential connection to, a la Anthony Fleck, thinking for a moment that he was Bruce Wayne's brother? Oh, yes. Um, Let's see. Who? Well, who would I want? uh, Like, whose superpower do I feel like would be most useful to me? (laughs) Um. Hmm. I guess, I mean, I feel like a good answer would be Iron Man, just mm, like he's rich yeah, and he has a lot of technology. Sure. Like, if you're related to him in some way, shape, or form, you're getting a lot out of it. Yeah. Do you have a, another opinion? No, I think that's a good call because it's like, what? You're going to hang out with Spider Man? Like, what can he do for you? You know? Okay. Which actor do you feel like should have the next chance to play the Joker? You can cast anybody, male or female, to play the Joker. Who gets to do it? I actually just saw a tweet about this and I haven't forgotten it, but I think Elizabeth Moss would be really good. Just given her weird stint in us. I feel like no, (laughs) that is the exact same energy that we already have going on here. I don't understand. You want like a sexy Joker? Like that doesn't make any sense. This isn't the Riddler, you know, it's like, have you seen like Jack Nicholson's Joker though? Yeah. The campiest one. Who's like, yeah, who's like more campy and like fun. You know, it's just like a very different energy from, I I think that I want something that's like a different vibe. And I was wondering, what if it's like sort of an older Joker? Like, what if it's like a Tim (laughs) Allen as the Joker? Oh, yeah. Or like. you were hoping for the uh, Clint Eastwood movie of your dreams. (laughs) I mean, 
if Clint Eastwood were at all funny, I would say yes. But no, I'm thinking like an older like comedian. What if we got somebody like Eugene Levy as the Joker? I feel like that would be a very different vibe and could be fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess Martin that's true. Short it would be as different. the Joker. <laughs> okay, what about this? Who was your favorite bit actor that made an appearance in this movie? You had like Brian Tyree Hill. Oh yes, well Brian you Tyree. Had Henry, I was. I was. Henry, um, yeah. I I wondered if there was some kind of Atlanta connection, like in the production <laughs> of this, that two oh, of the yeah. four cast members from Atlanta made it into this movie. Interesting. And I really couldn't find anything. Um, They're just good actors. Can't you just let these actors be like good actors without thinking there's some ulterior motive to having them in these movies? No, it's not that. They're, it's just funny <laughs> that they're like that they're yeah. both in it. You know what I mean? There's only like four yeah. cast members of Atlanta and two of them show up in this movie that doesn't right. really feel like the genre of movie that either of them would yeah. be in. And also they're both playing these like random small parts. <laughs> so I wondered if it was, you know, like when filmmakers sort of like call in favors right. from people where it's like, oh, can you come <laughs> down for a day and play the records clerk at an old hospital? Right. Yeah, maybe. But there's also Justin Theroux in a blink and you miss it moment. And Mark Marin from yeah. Glow. So I'm gonna pick whoever was that older woman who had to be uh, kissed by the Joker on stage, oh, yeah. so or Doctor Sally, or whoever she was. Oh yeah, it was fun to see Justin Theroux. I I enjoyed that strange little moment. I wonder why he got roped into that and how much he got paid. But um, okay, this is my last question. It's not really a rapid fire question, but <laughs> there. There's a very awkward scene in the movie where Joker shows up and decides he's going to like accost Bruce Wayne's dad with questions while he's <laughs> using the urinal. And I feel yeah. like talking while using the urinal is like a big faux pas in men's bathroom etiquette. And I wondered, uh-huh. is it the same thing in women's bathrooms? Like, or do people talk between <laughs> stalls? Or is that a no go? I mean, I guess if you know the person, then you talk. But I've never been like, no one's ever been like, hey, how's the weather today? You know, so, like a stranger. But so like if you and your friend went in the bathroom, like a public yeah. bathroom, and were in stalls next to each other, you would chat? Yeah. I mean, some people do. I don't love it. But a lot of my friends would do it with me. Yeah. I hated it. But I yeah. see. <laughs> so you don't talk to your friends. if you Do men even go to the bathroom at the same time? I mean, yeah. But I, but you know, but I feel like maybe it's also because of the urinal thing. Like you're, there's not like a divider or whatever. It's sort of like you just go in and you do your thing. (laughs) And then you maybe like talk to each other, like while you're washing your hands or whatever. Right. You know? Okay. So what was the most uncomfortable moment in this movie for you? Well, that was a pretty, un- the, 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 the talking to you while you're using the bathroom, always uncomfortable. <laughs> I think the most, clearly the, there's only one answer to this question. And it's when Joker was bathing his mother in no! the tub. <laughs> that is like, I mean, sometimes that happens. Maybe she couldn't get in the tub. Like, no, whatever. No, 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 get no, no, over no. it. One day you're going to have to bathe your it, mom. Like, deal she, with we it. We saw her at various other points looking, <laughs> vi- like walking, like doing things on her yeah. own. You were telling me that she could not manage to like wipe herself <laughs> down with a sponge. hard to get into. That he had to like clean her chest They're for each other's her. Best no, friends. thank you. Nope. <laughs> Weird. Well, cringe. proving he's just bad with women 
all the time. My most uncomfortable moment was when he went into the girl's apartment and I 100% knew oh, that yes. she was a fake girlfriend. And she was getting her daughter or son ready for bed and you heard her in the other room and he just sat down on her couch. And I was like, as a woman, I was like, this is not going to end well. Like, this is disgusting. I hate this feeling right now. Like, why is this happening? I do not like this. And it was cringe to the max. The fact that she didn't die was shocking to me. Like, shocking that he did not kill her. It's because, strangely, he has a moral code, which goes against the entire anarchy of the Joker. It's like, he didn't kill her. He didn't kill the small person because, and I quote, you were nice to me. So it's like, Mm -hmm. he obviously has a rhyme and reason to why he's going after certain people, which is just, like, not, like... whatever it's fine we're done talking about it i never have to think of it again (laughs) uh yeah until it shows up in our oscar things and we have to dissect (laughs) it one more time um next week we're talking about something that i am much more excited about (laughs) people have asked and we are giving in we're doing a whole episode on succession the second season ends this sunday night and we will be bringing you in a new episode next thursday about it so yeah get hyped for that i cannot wait to break down the season. <laughs> it is a master stroke <laughs> yeah Shelby's well until excited. then you can find us on social media at ps you're wrong on twitter instagram facebook and send us an email with your joker thoughts because we're probably <laughs> not the popular opinion right now so you can email us at ps you're wrong at gmail.com And of course, find us on iTunes and leave us a review by scrolling all the way down and uh, leaving us a few stars. I'm honestly very like I haven't had a conversation with anybody who loved this movie yet. So I'll be interested to see what happens when I like what their takes are, because I honestly I'm just so befuddled (laughs) by how anyone could like this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Rob, get it together. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But okay, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.